Welcome back to the Behind the Well Show. I'm your host, Roger Abel, back with Elias. Eli, how goes it today? Another day, another dollar, my friend. Feeling good. Are you frugal? Yes. I'm just reading the outline here. I'm like, 30 frugal money tips. And Are you? Know, you? No. <laughs> um, here's the thing. Okay. There's a difference. Frugal and cheap, right? Like, yes, I agree. I with think that. there's a I'm difference. I'm not cheap. Like, I'm not cheap at all. Frugal is you're very conscious of what you're spending. Cheap is you just buy the cheapest possible product. Yes, I agree. So am I frugal? Maybe. Am I cheap? No. Like typically if I buy something, I research it. And I try to figure out which one's going to last the longest, mostly because I've been through so many things in life where I thought just buying like the cheapest possible item was the best. And you're like, at the end of the day, I end up going buying the original most expensive item anyway. So I wasted all the money on the cheap item. So I would say I skew more towards I'm going to buy quality versus cheap. And, you know, it always reminds me of the... Uh, the saying with business owners, in fact, you know, we, we had a client we talked about this with. If you're going to hire someone to do a job, there's three things that you could have in any job. You could have it done fast. You can have quality or you can get it done cheap. But you have to pick two of the three. You don't get all three. So right. if it's fast and it's cheap, if it's fast as cheap, it's not going to be quality. If it's quality and done fast, it's not going to be done cheap. So the only reason I ask is our, our whole show today is 30 frugal money tips and how to really help people kind of live a frugal lifestyle, but at the same time, not, not be cheap and buy frugal. In my opinion, doesn't mean you don't get anything. It just means you're ultra conscious of what you're buying. You know, I, I'll give you an example. You have little kids. I have little kids. When it comes to kids toys, we are not frugal. And I bet you aren't either. I I just try to block out all thoughts of the toys in my house. So, I mean, I know there's a million of them. I don't know where they came from. I don't know what we spent on them. Okay, we have a new rule. I've been beaten down by toys. I, we, have, we have a new thing we're trying in our house. I think you're going to like this. Okay. So, you know, the, the like big black bins with yellow tops. Yes. Once a week, we are loading up a black bin with a yellow top with toys. It's going to sit in our garage for three weeks. And if nobody has complained that they can't find their toy, it then goes to Goodwill. That's an excellent So it's like the pre-buffer, like we're not going to get rid of the stuffed animal that's going to cause a meltdown or the one little tiny, you know, toy bear that somebody wants to put in their backpack. Like we know where it's at. It's in one black bin. And then if nobody asked for three weeks, it goes to Goodwill. That, yeah, that that's an, that's a good idea. And so here's how it works at my house. We have toys in our basement, which our basement has a laundry room, a bathroom, and then one open area. So every square inch is covered in toys down there. The living room, which is actually where we watch TV and it's right by our dining room, toys everywhere. Both kid bedrooms have toys. So there's basically no room I can go in in my house and not be at risk of stepping on a toy, looking at a toy, knowing that they just exist in my house. It's, it's, uh, it's, 
I, you know, before you have kids, I don't even think you realize how much you can grow to dislike toys and things like that. Because when your memories of a kid, it's all, oh, those are great. Those were awesome. Not so much anymore. So we tried for a while the buy a toy, get rid of two. We could never get the girls to, like, figure out what two toys they were going to get rid of. So that's why we went to the black bin. We just started. I'll let you know how it works. But so far, like, nobody's asked for the toys. My wife did a huge thing, like, two months ago where it was, like, four or five black garbage bags full of toys and just took them away. Nobody yep, noticed. No one's noticed. But the concern is, like, we're getting – we have a lot fewer toys now. We don't want to put in the bear somebody is expecting to sleep with, and then we have, you know – the three hour meltdown because they can't find the bear. And then we have to tell him we gave it away. Like, you know, you know what I'm talking about. You have three kids. Oh yeah. But so as we lead into this, we want to talk about how to be frugal. And like I said, frugal, not cheap. The number one, let me back up. It's going to be a little bit of a speed round. Cause we have 30 of these things to cover. We did the lightning round on the radio show the other night. It was actually really fun. But number one is start a budget. It's almost impossible to be f- not to, it's impossible to be frugal without a budget. Can't happen. You have to know where your money's going. And that's really what a budget is. Whether it's a very diligent budget line item by line item of where everything's going or if it's more of like a lifestyle budget, you just have to be conscious of where the money's going. So I, I think this talk about a budget, I think one of the overall themes of our show and our philosophy, how we work with people, be aware of what you're spending, where you're spending it. I'm never going to be a, a proponent of you have to know where every last penny goes and it's on a spreadsheet. If you're that diligent, that's great. I just know that that doesn't work for most people. So I, I think just being aware and understanding your spending and living within your means, that's a good start to a budget. There's nothing wrong with every now and then just doing your budget, even on a napkin or just a piece of paper, just to make yourself aware. So you can be super diligent or you can be a little more relaxed about it, but you should at least kind of understand what you're doing. And uh, along with budgeting, I think stop impulse shopping. That's number two on our list. And impulse buys are, they're hard to not do just because you think about grocery stores and everywhere you go, well, they've perfected the art and science of putting the impulse buys where you can see them, where you're actually going to grab them. Like a great example. Why is there so much candy at every checkout? Cause they know you're going to be walking through there with your kids or just yourself. I mean, who doesn't like a candy bar or a pack of gum or something like that? I've got the best impulse buy one. Okay. You know, we go down to Lake of the Ozarks a lot. Every gas station, every gas station, has a like multiple toy carousels when you go in and all the bears are like $30. You know, it's like a little bear for 30 bucks. And I, every time you stop, you're like, I don't even want to stop at the gas station because I know it's going to happen. It's just going to be this harassment until we get a toy. And I went to the lady one time and she goes, I go, does every single parent with a kid buy a toy? She goes, yep. She loves, she loves those. Oh, she's like, oh yeah. She, I mean, literally she's like, it's impossible to get out of here without getting something like, so we actually rearranged the way, like our stopping points on the way to Lake of the Ozarks to the gas stations that don't have the big bear aisles. That's a good idea. So, and here's one of the, 
one of the tips in this, the next time you catch yourself about to make an impulse purchase, put it down. So next time you grab one of those bears, just put it right back on the shelf. That's leading to tears. <laughs> yeah, oh, it's easier said to. than done. Uh, the third thing we can do is have a do not spend challenge. Um, I've actually done this before. Like, you know, I, I have a lot of hobbies that I like to do. And I just told myself, I'm not going to buy anything for the next month for this hobby. Because that's how it leads to a lot of impulse buys for me. Like right now we're into the, you know, the deer hunting season and. Oh, I need that. I need that. I need that. But I didn't need it six months ago, but now I need it today. So I I've done this and this actually works because it gets you in the, in the mindset that all the stuff you thought you needed, you didn't really need because you told yourself for 30 days, I can't buy it. Most of the things we're buying that are discretionary items. We probably don't really need. Yeah, it's more, we really and want for them. you. You probably have something that you can make work. Like each item you think of that you might need to buy, you probably have something similar or something that will get you through the season, right? Yeah, a lot of times it was I bought the thing that was less expensive, and now I want the best thing, so I'm just upgrading. But I already do yeah. have something that's totally functional. I'll give you a good example of this, Elias. This is a great example. I took a buddy out fishing. This is like October, and we started catching a bunch of walleyes on one lure. Like this one specific lure, we caught him on. So you know what so I did? did you go buy more? I bought every color and every size they had. It was like a $300 order of fishing lures. And will I ever, I hadn't used that lure ever until that day, but now I have $300 worth of those lures. And you will never run out of those. No, no, I'll never <laughs> run out. I probably never use them again, but that's the impulse buy. Like, did I really need it at that time? I thought I did. I haven't used them since still in my, I mean, I took them out of the package. They're in the box. But that's a good example if I had the, hey, I'm not buying anything for 30 days, I would have spent that money on that item. You would have saved yourself there. So here's another good one. Don't pay full price at the grocery store. I think this one's actually getting easier to do because of some of the prices of uh, groceries. And recently, I think it was last Sunday, we wanted to grill steaks for dinner and so I went to the local grocery store and for a good steak, it was $20 per pound. So I was looking, okay, well, I'm at least going to buy two pounds. We have four, the baby doesn't eat real food yet, but we have four people to feed. So between four of us, that's what I need to cook. So I called my wife and I said, look, we're not, we're not doing a $40 meal at our house. Cause we're not just going to have steak. There's going to be other things too. So I think I think I ended up Pork getting chops. a take no a take, <laughs> a take and bake pizza. So didn't even grill that night. Just went home and baked a pizza. Um, and there's so there's just a lot of items that have become so expensive. I think everyone's probably very conscious of their bill at the grocery store. I bet there's more coupon couponing going on right now. People are looking at the deals. Um, but if you don't. You know, if I just went in there and grabbed them without looking at the price, I would have been up at the register thinking, really? I Like, we could go out to eat on this kind of money. So check this one out. This leads into the previous one, and I have a, a way to kind of massage these two. Number five is check the fridge and cabinets. Most people, I, maybe not. Like my mom, when she goes to the grocery store, it's a very diligent list. They're buying only what they need. There's no impulse buy. Like, if it's not on the list, they don't buy it. We go to the grocery store and we try to make a list, but we just end up shopping. 
I figured out how to combine these two. Check the fridge and don't pay full price. It is actually if you do it online. And here's why. If you, When we sit down and do online grocery shopping, I'm in the kitchen. And if we need peanut butter, I can go check the cabinet and see if we need peanut butter. Instead of just grabbing it because you don't know. Yes. And every time we don't do online shopping for it, we go to the grocery store like two or three more times throughout the week because we didn't get the one item we needed or the special cheese we need or whatever like thing we forgot or didn't put on the list. So I think it's actually a really good way to check your fridge and cab, make sure you're buying what you need. But the other thing is I notice when I do it online, I'm much more price conscious. When I go to the store, I'm brand conscious. And I think it's probably product positioning by the companies, but when I buy it online, cause everything's listed and you can easily see the price on the screen. Like I can look at if they put black beans up there, I can look at the price of six different brands of black beans in like two seconds. Where at the store, you're visually scanning all up and down the product placement and the cheapest one's probably on the bottom rack. Yes. Do you ever make it to the bottom rack? You just grab the one that's right there and the one that looks the best. Yeah, or you're familiar. You've bought yeah. it before, so you just grab it and go. So I don't end up shopping the price as much. I always notice whenever I order online, my bill is 25% less. In my fridge, I'm not throwing out as much food at the end of the week. Yeah, and that's yeah, that's key, too, that you're not just wasting stuff that you're buying. Um, and that kind of ties in with plan your meals. I think, for me, this is more a function of saving time than saving money. It can help you get through your food inventory, but... Uh, I know at our house, if we actually make an effort on like on Sunday afternoon to plan meals for the week and do a little bit of prep, um, I know our weeks always go smoother because one, there's no decision to be made. We've already outlined it. And, um, and then we do a little bit of prep too. So you're not just starting from scratch when it is time to cook dinner. So I, I think that's really a time saving thing, planning out the meals, but it goes hand in hand with everything else. Number seven, use coupons. Um, and it, it goes with planning meals. So these like four things all kind of go together in my opinion. But if someone's trying to be really frugal, they could pull out, you know, the predominant shopping place in Cedar Rapids where we're at in Iowa is Hy-Vee. They have a weekly ad that goes out. You could actually go through and say, what's on sale this week and build your meals around the coupons and the availability of deals versus just what you want to have. And I think you made a good point when you were talking earlier about you, you guys wanted that steak dinner, but you're like, I'm not spending 40 bucks. So you went and had pizza. Was there really a difference in how you felt? Like you no. raised alive. Everybody got full. The kids probably liked it better than steak. Yeah, they did. Yes. So at the end of the yeah. day, yeah. Did you miss out on a great meal? Yeah. But did you really feel any different the next day? We're like, man, I really wish I would have had that steak dinner last night. You probably didn't care. <laughs> no. I mean, I cared a little bit in the, you know, in the, in the heat of it, just cause I was ready to go turn the grill on and, you know, and enjoy that. But yeah, it's, I can eat pizza just as much as I can eat a steak. So when you're going, try to use a coupon. That's a great way to try to be somewhat frugal. Yeah, you can also do the loyalty programs. So there, I know Hy-Vee participates in those. Casey's does. Those are just places in our local area where you can get points and uh, I guess almost essentially cash back on purchases in the future. Stop Number nine, stop being brand loyal. I think this is the, the, the number one thing where people can actually 
get what they want, but save some real money because a lot of times the macaroni and the craft macaroni and cheese is being made in the same plan as another macaroni and cheese. That's half the price. And does anybody really know the difference? No, they taste. Someone might tell you they do, but I bet if you put them side by side, it's hard to tell the difference. There's actually generic brands that I like better. If you, for instance, like Kirkland vodka, people enjoy the Kirkland vodka. I've never tried it. (laughs) Because I'm brand loyal, but I probably shouldn't be. Wow. I mean, when you mix we it just up went with, from mac and cheese to vodka, that, that, that's I don't need mac turn. and cheese. <laughs> yeah, I but know. you think about funny. it. Someone's going to take that glass of vodka and mix it with a bunch of lemonade. Is the one the vodka that's three times as much going to taste any different? I'll bet nobody can tell the difference. Yeah, maybe as they long can tell as the you're difference not in, buying something that tastes like nail polish remover. Hey, maybe they can tell the difference the next day. Yeah. But when they're consuming it, they're not going to be able to tell the difference. So brand loyalty is a way that you can, you know, still enjoy a lot of the same stuff, but save a few dollars and put yourself kind of into that frugal, you know, frugal mind mentality. Yeah. And another one here, which this is not a tip for me, I would never do this, but start a vegetable garden. So I think if it's something you're interested in and you like to do, that'd be a great idea. Me, I prefer the garden at the grocery store. I don't need one at my house. I got to have a great garden story. So my wife and I, we moved into a new house. This is 13, 14 years ago. And in the backyard, the the people that we bought the house from, it had a swing set or playground back there. And we didn't have kids. So when we closed on the house, we said, hey, you guys take that swing set. You guys get rid of it. We we don't need it. But it has like, you know, the, oh, the old railroad ties was like a raised bed. I told my wife, I'm like, I'm going to have a garden. And she gave me the look. She goes, you're going to have a garden? Yep, we're going to have a garden this year. So I planted a garden. What did you plant? Tomatoes? Tomatoes, peppers, peppers, a bunch of lettuce, cilantro, like stuff. We like we used to use a lot of cilantro and herbs and lettuce, peppers, green beans. Like we planted what everybody plants in a garden, right? It was great for like three weeks. And then the weeding came. And you know how much I really love yard work. I hate it. Yeah, weeding is the worst. Most of this garden was just a giant weed mess. Like, we got some good lettuce out of it and some lot, some cilantro. When I got the peppers, they were all like mini peppers. I didn't buy mini peppers. They were all like cherry tomatoes. I, I didn't. They were like beefsteak tomatoes. Nothing grew. Like, it was the worst gardening job of all time. So I've signed up just like you. For their local grocery department, gardening. Yeah, I'm I'm happy that the garden at the grocery store. After the weed weed mess, my wife, her exact words are, "Can we be done with the garden now?" See, <laughs> That's all you she know cared how many about. People, but you know how many people have tried to have a garden and then never do it. It's not. It sounds fun, but to really be good at it and grow good food, it's a lot of work. Yeah, it's and you know what? Some people it's therapeutic for them. Like yeah. I have a friend of mine. I know he several loves people, yeah. it. I. I don't, yeah, I'm not, I'm good. Hi V. Here we come. Local farmer's market, Kroll Farms. I was at Kroll the other day and got, yeah, uh, you can go there and buy their stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 11, sell stuff you don't need. I actually do this so I could fall into the frugal, frugal part here. Um, I try to go through the stuff that I haven't used in 18 months. And if I haven't used it, I'm doing one of two things. I'm trying to sell it if I believe it's worth value and I want to, mess around with selling it or it's going to goodwill. And, you know, while maybe that's not a sale, it's a tax deduction to donate like clothes. I don't try to sell clothes. I take them to goodwill. Somebody else needs them more than I do. And selling clothes is a pain in the butt. But 
you know, the joke was, and I don't know if you knew this, but Megan bought a uh, one of those giant kickboxing bags like five years ago mm-hmm. that she used at Burrell's. And uh, in five years, she'd never hit it. So I finally convinced her to sell it. What'd you get for it? I actually got a hundred bucks. I paid 150. I'm like, what? That seems pretty good. And that thing takes up a lot of real estate in a garage. I mean, it's like They're hard five... to move too because of the shape and the bit yeah. round base. They're not easy to just have around. I, I, I mean, she was so mad. She's like, I don't have anything in the garage. You're trying to get rid of my one item. I go, yeah, your one item hasn't moved in five years. Yeah. If you There's haven't hit in five, you're not going to sit where that, right. Where that they is. get used. <laughs> But not this punching bag. So sell stuff you don't need. Most people are probably sitting on a few thousand dollars at least of stuff that you don't need. And I want people to think even further about this. If you don't need it and it's sitting there and you don't have an emergency fund, it's a great way to start funding an emergency fund. Let's sell everything we don't need and put the two, three, four, five thousand bucks into some type of fund. That That's a good idea. Um, and in addition, you can... So number 12 on the list, you could buy secondhand. So I will say at our house, um, my wife does a very good job of doing this. So she can, she knows every nice neighborhood within a 30 minute drive and what time of year they do their garage sales. So I, the majority of the clothes my kids wear is secondhand from uh, garage sales around the area. And she'll do a really good job of like the stuff they're wearing now, she'll be buying them clothes for like the next season. So if she goes to a garage sale in the spring, she'll buy stuff for the next fall and next winter that people are offloading that our kids are going to fit in. So I think this is one area where we do our family and not because of me, if it was, I would just go to the store and buy it. But she, uh, she grew up in a family that they like to go to all the garage sales. So it's kind of like a, a shopping experience, I guess, for her and her mom and her aunts. So they, well, they love to do it, and I just sit home and watch the kids, and I don't – but it, it does – it saves us a lot of money. I, I don't even know how much, but I know it's probably been a lot over the years. Well, you know who Gary V is? He's kind of an internet sensation on YouTube. I don't know Gary V. He's, he has, like, a wine company, and he uh, – but he always talks about going to sale. Like, if you're trying to make money, you hit enough – garage sales and yard sales you can go buy stuff and resell it the garage sale oh yeah people at garage sales they're trying to unload mass quantities of items at one one shot they don't care about maximum value they're just trying to get rid of the stuff when someone sells something on facebook marketplace or wherever they're selling it they're trying to get maximum value for it. So a garage sale is a great way for people want want a little side gig. Yep, we're gonna go to the garage sales, find something and resell it if you need to. I know I've I've done a garage sale. I gave stuff away, like valuable stuff that I just didn't have the time to mess with selling. <laughs> like I just wanted to get it done in one day. Uh, Thirteen, try to replace, try to repair before you replace. This goes without saying. Typically, there's things in life you can repair for a lot less than replace. Uh, and you know, the, one of the things that's really helped with this is that most things that are broken today, if you go to YouTube, you can figure out how to fix it. Oh, YouTube is the best thing that's, I think has ever happened to, if you have any sort of like handy skills or anything, because you can just watch a video and learn 
step by step how to do something. Even if you're not handy, you can still figure it out. They'll, I mean, yeah. these guys have done such a good job. It's like step by step tutorial on how to change your diesel vehicle engine. And here's the tools you need. And they're trying to sell stuff, right? They're trying to link back to their website and sell, but who cares? Instead, what back in the day, what did you have to do? You pulled out the owner's manual, you read the manual, and then you had to figure out what tools it was going to take to get it done. You didn't get to visually see anything. So it's a lot easier today to re repair stuff. I'll give you a good example. I had a power washer that the pull cord broke on the thing. Yep, that's a pain. Without YouTube, guess what I'd have done? Right to the dump. YouTube yeah, I bought it. another one. I ordered I YouTubed it. It had a link in the description to the Amazon purchase that I needed. I ordered it, came in like the next day, and 30 minutes later I had this thing fixed. Yeah, it's not. It's really not that hard to replace that, right? But if you don't know how to do it, you wouldn't even know where to start. Or even start with the part. The part literally was yeah. the exact part I needed. So yep. repair before you replace. Uh, and in addition, return the things you don't need. So I think this is something everyone's gone through buyer's remorse at some point. You buy something, you think you want it, and then you have some guilt or buyer's remorse about it. There's nothing wrong with just taking something back to the store. If you buy something, turns out you spent more, turns out you really don't want it, um, just take it back. Be done with it. If the tags are still on it three weeks later, it's time to go back. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. 15, buy an affordable car. Easier said than done right now. I, I guess affordability of a vehicle is relative. But yeah, instead of buying the brand new car, you can go buy one with 40, 50, 60,000 miles. I'll never forget, we bought a car back in 09. It was a used car, used Audi. We got a great deal for that car. And we saved probably 50% off the off like a new car price at like 19,000 miles. I drove that car for 210,000 miles. That's and, you good, know, and you know, I don't deal. keep cars very long. I love that car. I only got rid of it because I had an oil chain or I had an oil leak and I didn't have a place to park because I had another car. So I'm like, you know, I'm going to unload it. But I got great value out of that car. I saved 20,000 off the purchase price. And I drove it forever. So that's a good way if you find good, solid used cars with not a lot of problems. It can be a great way to uh, to be a little bit frugal in your purchases. The other part of having an affordable or a used car is you're going to have to keep up with the auto maintenance. So and there's, I'm a big proponent of just having a good mechanic, have that person do all your preventative maintenance, keep your car on the road. I'm So the, the mechanic I use, that shop knows... I just don't want to be in here unexpected, so let's replace stuff before it breaks. And they do a very good job of that. Shop for better insurance rates. People are guilty of not doing this. Very few people go and shop their insurance rates. We have a friend. He shopped his insurance rate yesterday. He found out his ex-wife was still insured in his policy. They've been divorced for 12 years. But he hadn't shopped his nice, rate. I bet that was a nice surprise. Well, yeah, but his point was I, I saved 50% because I removed the second driver. Well, let's just say average premium is fifteen hundred bucks, seven hundred fifty bucks over ten years, seventy five hundred dollars. But that's because he wasn't shopping. So go shop your insurance rates. It doesn't have to be every year, but every three years would be a reasonable time to go call up your local property and casualty person. And be like, what's the rates? I want to shop my rates or call another place. You know, just shop the rates every couple of years. Here's one, do a wardrobe inventory. 
So instead of shopping for new clothes, go through your closet and see if you can find anything that you might want to bring back. Uh, I've done a really good job of getting rid of stuff the last few years. I was getting, I'll tell you this, at one time I had t-shirts that I had had since junior high. Uh, maybe not junior high, but certainly since I was like 16 years old, because that's when I started wearing extra large shirt. So I just then never got rid of any. Well, at some point, I mean, you can either get rid of something or like I've actually in the last year, I found three shirts that were um, nice button down shirts still in the plastic. Someone gave them to me at Christmas or something, threw them in my closet, forgot about them. Great shirts just sitting there not being used. 19 can lower utility bills. There's really three ways I see people able to put a dent in their utility bill. Bill Number one is you can use a programmable thermostat. I don't use the feature of my house, but I should. You know, if you're gone for the day, you can, and it's summertime, you can let your house get up to 78, 79 degrees, and then at 3 o'clock, if you're going to be home at 5, start cranking it down, you know, turn that air back on. Just little small things actually add up to a lot of money, like leaky faucets, you know, maybe you switch to led bulbs that are more fuel efficient or low flow, um, shower heads. And the other thing is there's, there's a dual benefit of that. It's not just saving your utility bill, but you're actually saving energy resources. You know, we're fortunate where we live. We don't have a drought problem, but if you were in Las Vegas, you're forced to do these things because they have a drought problem. You're going to have to have, you know, low flow shower heads that can serve water and be more energy conscious. Yes. You can also cancel unnecessary subscriptions. I know we've talked about this a few other times, but, um, nowadays with all of the subscription services and apps that just are readily available, kind of audit what you have going, the ones you're not using, um, just cancel them. And I think probably the biggest one for people is all the, the streaming apps. I bet there's a lot of people out there that are paying more than they used to pay for cable. Cause if you have Disney plus net Netflix, Hulu, YouTube TV, and it gets each one, it's not that bad, but then they can add up to be a lot. You can get a library card. That's number 21. And people laugh at this, but libraries today, if you haven't been to one, I used to be on a library board Libraries today have become not just a place to get a book, but in general, it's an entertainment place. You can get DVDs and Blu-rays, CDs, magazines, audiobooks. So you mentioned streaming service. Well, a lot of people stream to go get Netflix, right? Well, maybe you just get a library card and you go get the free movie at the library still. So there's just a lot of entertainment options that's available at a library till it doesn't cost anything. And let's be honest, we could all probably read a little bit more and watch a little bit less. Yeah. And that, that ties in with 22 fine, cheap and free entertainment. So I, especially if you have a family, I think this is a good thing. And the library can be a very big part of that. Like you were just talking about getting a library card so if you think about, okay, if you're paying for Disney Plus, I bet almost every public library in the country has most of the popular Disney movies and it can be entertainment. So you can, t and we do this. I take um, at least a couple times a month, go to the library. You can do an activity. You can pick out a book, pick out a movie. And that's a lot of value 
there where there's a lot of other places for entertainment where if like I go to the movie theater, well, that's going to be way more expensive. And we do that too, but you're buying a ticket, you're going to buy some snacks. So I think the cheap and free entertainment, um, you know, if you find it, it's good to take advantage of that. 23, enjoy the outdoors. I, I love the outdoors, so I'm all in on this, but a lot of outdoor activities can be very inexpensive, if not free. Hiking, walking, bike rides, um, going to the local like beaches in your area, even camping. Camping's cheap if you pitch a tent. You know, most outdoor activities are ex- are as expensive as you want to make them. You know, there's two ways to fish. You can have everything, or you can literally go get an expensive fishing pole, a bobber, a weight, and a hook, and night crawlers and catch them. Can be really inexpensive. So get outside and enjoy the outdoors. The other good thing is we're getting kids off of media. You know, we're all at some point we're all addicted to media. So just being outside, it's inexpensive. It's healthy. It's good for your mind. It's a great way to be really frugal and get some really, really wonderful entertainment. Well, and how about just the parks? I mean, I know we're very lucky in our local area with the number of nice parks that we have for kids with not only nice playground equipment, but new and updated playground equipment. We're blessed. Yeah. This, and it's if you um, if you just go spend time, it, it's great because me, I just sit there. I supervise and my kids run around, stay there for at least an hour. It's probably the some of the best time we spend when it's nice out. Uh, 24 travel for less. Um, so I guess this would be, you know, traveling in the off season, shopping around for airfare maybe driving instead of flying, depending on how many people you're taking, what it's going to cost. Uh, I think, I think this is something where with like Airbnb and the different services to compare prices, I think people can put together vacations for less money than they were able to in the past. Anyway, my wife's grandparents traveled the entire country. saw every single state in this, in the country, retired school teacher. He's a principal. And I forgot what her grandma did, but they didn't have a lot of money. And they talk about this all the time. They camped even when they were kid, when they had their kids, like my father-in-law and his brothers and sisters, they traveled the whole U S and they camped. So there's really, really easy ways to save money. We all, we all want to go to a nice hotel. That's where I want to be. <laughs> but yeah, but you know what, yeah. if you can't do, if you can't afford that, that doesn't mean you can't travel. Just means you have to figure out different options and different ways to make it more affordable. Uh, 25, you can do things at home. You know, we all think that, especially with kids, like we want to get out, have date night, all that kind of stuff. You can have date night in your house. You could send the kids to grandma and grandpa and do date, date night in your house. And if you had a steak dinner for you and your wife, Elias, and all you paid was 30 bucks, that would be relatively inexpensive. Compared to whatever restaurant you're going to get that steak dinner at. And for the price of a steak, I'd much rather do it like as a date night thing than, you know, you make a nice steak for little kids. One, they don't really care for it. Two, they don't appreciate it. Right. Because they're just not they're not eating that consistently. Twenty six. Do it yourself. I think if there are projects you can do for yourself um, around the house. Um, in the yard, whatever it may be, it's, it is good to tackle those. I think a lot of people can get kind of in over their head on a do it yourself project. There are certain times where your time and money 
is better spent to have a professional do it. Um, but easy things like unclogging a sink, changing out your light bulbs, maybe uh, replacing a switch, a power switch to one of your light bulbs, you know, or excuse me, the one of your uh, one of your lights. I think those are things with you to help YouTube and a little bit of know how you can get those done without paying a professional for it. 27, pay down your debt. We talk about this all the time. Paying your debt off is a great way to free up monthly cash flow. Might take a lump sum today, but it'll free up tons of monthly cash flow. With what's happening with interest rates today, we're back to credit cards are a little bit over 19% on average. If you got credit card debt, knock that out, but paying down your debt will help put more monthly income in your pocket. Yeah, and in addition, you can avoid taking on more debt. I think a great example of this would be vehicle purchases. Once you get a vehicle paid off, maybe just keep driving it for a while instead of upgrading to another car payment. I think the average car payment in America right now is in the ballpark of $700 per month. Um, that's a lot of money. If you were saving and investing that $700 per month, that could be very significant over 15 or 20 years. 29, automate your your savings. We talk about this all the time. Um, and I don't know if it falls in being frugal, but just automating your investment plan. If you have a weekly, a biweekly, a monthly investment going in there, you're buying, you know, getting a good average price of whatever investment you're buying, but it's discipline. It'll add up over time. It's a lot harder to have to write the check every month versus it just come out of your bank account. So automate your investment savings plan. Yep. And number 30 to finish here, you can find a way to make more income. I mean, this has to be easier now than ever with the gig economy and, and the different ways to, uh, to make money. It would involve taking on a second job. I don't know how, you know, I don't know how much everyone would be interested in having two jobs, especially if you're already tight on time anyway. But if you can make it work taking on a second job, or let's say you're with a company and they've outlined some different ways you could get a raise, or you could talk with your boss about, Hey, if I do this, can I get paid more money? So there's probably always a way um, that you could figure out to a way to be more valuable to your current company or get a second job and make some more money. You know what? I don't think it has to be a second job. Yeah, I don't think so either. Could be a side gig. You know what we just talked about? Garage sales, yard sales. Well, I would, okay, I mean, a side that's not gig to me is still a job. Yeah, You're okay. Working. So if you have something you like to do, for instance, before I had kids, I'd make fishing lures and sell them. Why wouldn't I? I love to do it. It's making it for myself. My buddies are like, oh yeah, I'll take some. So I just make extra. If I needed to make extra money, I could do that. Or if you like to go shopping, go shop at the yard sale, then figure out how to resell. I think Casey in our office, his wife does that. She's a reseller. There's a lot of people who make a lot of money reselling yeah, that's items. That's got to so, be a great way to make money. Fine. I think. Well, you go buy it at the garage sale, sell it on Amazon. You can probably do pretty good doing that. Especially if you like to shop and make deals. Yeah, right. I mean, it. what won't be fun is printing the labels and shipping them and, you know, dealing with people. But yeah, that's when it becomes work. Yeah. So I hope everybody could find one or two ways that they could help, you know, make their life more frugal. I want to thank everybody for listening today. If anybody is looking for help with their financial plan, you can go to btwellshow.com. Hope to catch you next time. Securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor, member FINRA SIPC.
The opinions voiced in this show are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, and financial advisor or tax advisor prior to investing. All performance referenced is historical and is not a guarantee of future results. All indices are unmanaged and cannot be invested into directly. Premier Investments of Iowa Incorporated and LPL Financial do not provide tax advice. Please consult your tax professional.